Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. Not every Christmas is the same. Oh, there are trees and lights and gifts, church services, family time, I hope, but sometimes a holiday season is memorable. That's how it is for many Ukrainian refugees and the people who host them. In Birmingham, England, an apartment is busier than usual. Olivia was used to living on her own, but then Russia invaded Ukraine, and the British government started accepting refugees. That's when Olivia took in Daria and her daughter, Alina. She's part of the government's Homes for Ukraine program. And Christmas is going to be a little more crowded this year. Daria and Alina are joining Olivia's family for the holiday. Far from home, these refugees have found a second home and family, just like thousands of other Ukrainians. Christians can understand this, at least a little. Two thousand years ago, the Son of God came to this earth, and we have a new family and a new home as a result. I'm Charles Morris, and on this Thursday program, we're continuing our series this week, Christmas Week 2022. We all need wisdom, don't we? The world we live in is hard to navigate. How should we act? And that's when things seem to be going well. But what do we do when our lives hit rock bottom, like Jimmy Stewart's character in It's a Wonderful Life? Dear Father in heaven, I'm not a praying man, but if you're up there and you can hear me, show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope, right? Show me the way, oh God. A very urgent prayer by George Bailey from the classic Christmas film, It's a Wonderful Life. His business was failing, it seemed. The potential of jail time looked certain. But there in his darkest hour, he cried out to God for wisdom. And if you haven't seen the movie, and I'd be surprised if you haven't, God answered his prayers. And by the end of the movie, everyone is singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. My family gets on me because I usually cry. Well, as the expression goes, wise men still seek Jesus. And in a moment, we're going to look at those wise men from the East to see what made them so wise. And a little hint here. They were not wise because of what they knew, but rather the one they pursued. So stick around and let's seek our wise Lord together. And then after the program, I want to encourage you to make a tax-deductible year-end gift to this 100% listener-supported ministry that's all about Jesus. And as our thanks, I want to send you our brand new 2023 calendar called Every Living Thing. Every month, you'll see amazing photos of all sorts of incredible animals. But even better, the calendar is filled with scripture that'll remind you that our great creator is near you and me throughout the year. So as this year comes to an end, I want to send you Haven's brand new 2023 calendar, Every Living Thing, for your year-end gift. Your support today will help us reach our year-end goal and help us point so many others to the light and love of Christ in the year to come. Call us after the program, won't you? Call 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or go online to make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And if you wanted to, but just haven't done it yet, 
You can still make a gift and ask for the Little Pilgrim's Big Journey boxed set with books one and two, a modern retelling of Bunyan's classic novel. It'll be a real blessing for you and maybe a family to read in the new year to come. And now let's open the program with Stephen Curtis Chapman. We three kings of Orient are we traverse so far Field and fountain Moor and mountain Following yonder star a king on Bethlehem's plain To crown him again King forever Ceasing never Over us all to reign Star of wonder Star of night Star with royal beauty bright Westward
classic Christmas carol, We Three Kings, by Stephen Curtis Chapman, here on Haven Today. I'm Charles Morrison. Thanks for joining me just a few days before Christmas. And now I want to share with you the very unique story about the wise men. Many have asked over the years, who were these wise men? And why do we call them wise? Of course, one of the greatest questions is why did they travel so far to meet Jesus? Well, to better understand who they were and their motivation, let me read to you from Matthew 2, 1 through 11. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went on ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. That's the word of the Lord. In the ancient world, gold and spices were gifts fit for a king. These wise men seemed to know what only a handful of people in Israel knew, that the long-promised king of the Jews had been born. They knew that this king of the Jews was also the one born to be king of all creation. He was their king, and they came a long way to worship him. It must have seemed strange to them that the Jews themselves were so unaware and even unexcited about this birth. Herod didn't even know where the Messiah was supposed to be born. But the wise men were undeterred. They continued on their way until they saw the star they had seen in the east, stopping over the house where Mary and Joseph were living. If they were surprised to find their king in what was no doubt a very humble place, we don't have any record of it. They were simply overjoyed to be there in his presence. And they bowed down and worshipped him and presented him with their gifts, gifts fit for a king. What made the wise men so wise? They knew the scriptures. Daniel had been among their number years before, after the exile to Babylon. He had written about this king, and the wise men had access to the other Hebrew scriptures. It was their job to study and understand the great events that were predicted to happen in the world. And when this star appeared to them, they knew what it meant. Daniel had spoken about it. They were wise not only because of what they knew, but because of how they responded their single-minded determination to see him, their joy and the gifts they brought, it all showed that they had the wisdom to know how huge this birth really was. 
Years before, God had given a little preview of how the world is meant to respond when the great son of David is finally seated on his throne. When David's son Solomon was on the throne of Israel, rulers from all over the world came and brought him gifts. It was a way to acknowledge his greatness and his wisdom. The most famous was the Queen of Sheba. In Second Chronicles 9, it says, When the Queen of Sheba saw the wisdom of Solomon, as well as the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, the cupbearers in their robes, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and placed you on his throne as king to rule for the Lord your God. Because of the love of your God for Israel and his desire to uphold them forever, he has made you king over them to maintain justice and righteousness. And then she gave the king a hundred twenty talents of gold, large quantities of spices and precious stones. This queen of Sheba was wise to recognize that Solomon's glory and wisdom came from God's hand, but Solomon was just a preview. He failed and faded away. Jesus is the true king, the one who fulfills all the prophecies, God's perfect gift to the world. Jesus himself made this connection between himself and Solomon when he rebuked the people for not receiving him. He said in Luke 11:31, the queen of the south, that's the queen of Sheba, will rise at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom, and now one greater than Solomon is here. Jesus is the one who is greater than Solomon, and of course that's an understatement. Psalm 72 is a prayer of Solomon, but it clearly speaks of someone else much greater than Solomon ever was. Listen to it. Endow the king with your justice, O God, the royal son from your righteousness. He will judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. The mountains will bring prosperity to the people, the hills the fruit of righteousness. He will defend the afflicted among the people and save the children of the needy. He will crush the oppressor. He will endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon, through all generations. He will be like rain falling on a mown field, like showers watering the earth. In his days, the righteous will flourish. Prosperity will abound till the moon is no more. He will rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. The desert tribes will bow before him and his enemies will lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of distant shores will bring tribute to him. The kings of Sheba and Seba will present him gifts. All kings will bow down to him, and all nations will serve him. For he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy, and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence, for precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live." May gold from Sheba be given him. May people ever pray for him and bless him all day long. Jesus is this greater king. He has crushed the oppressor and saved the needy. To our great amazement, he did it by suffering a terrible and humiliating death. He was crucified by the world he created. He was rejected by those who should have honored him. But he was raised from death by the power of God, and he will endure as long as the sun and the moon through all generations were told. He's like rain watering the earth. Whenever someone puts their faith in him, he sends his spirit 
and dry ground begins to green up with new life. If you know Jesus, you know what I'm talking about. The psalm says he will rule from sea to sea, and he is already ruling in the hearts of his people. It says all the kings of the earth will honor him and acknowledge that he's king of kings and lord of lords. And when we read about the wise men coming to present their gifts to Jesus, we're seeing this prophecy begin to be fulfilled. Jesus was destined to be honored by the entire creation. The wise men were just the first to come. And since then, throngs of men and women and children have been coming to Jesus, worshiping him as their king, receiving his salvation, and listening to his wisdom. Eventually, as the prophets have said, every knee will bow to him. It will happen. When he comes again, every knee will bow, some with joy, some with great reluctance and fear. And if you're listening right now, to me, and you haven't yet bowed your knee to Jesus. Listen to what the Lord says in Isaiah 45, 22 through 24. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow, by me every tongue will swear, they will say of me, in the Lord alone our righteousness and strength. When we bow down before Jesus, we're being wise like the wise men, because bowing before Jesus is bowing before God. When we put our faith in Jesus, we're acknowledging Jesus, the humbling truth that in him alone are righteousness and strength. They're not in us. They're only in him. Jesus is the world's true king and only savior. His death is our forgiveness, our reconciliation to God. His death is our salvation from the judgment to come. He deserves our worship and our lives. He's God's perfect gift to his world, the source of all joy, all joy, now and forever. Receiving that gift is the most important thing in all of life. Nothing else really matters but that one crucial issue. Do you have the wisdom to receive God's perfect gift, or have you foolishly turned away? The scriptures are what made the wise men wise. The scriptures tell us that Jesus is the King of kings. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. If you want to be wise, then come to him. Receive him. Learn from him. Worship him, just like the wise men did all those years ago.
As with gladness, men of old, did the guiding star behold, a solemn yet joy-filled song sung with a large choir and a church pipe organ by the choir at King's College, Cambridge. And this is Haven Today and Christmas 2022. Would you pray with me, seeking the Lord Jesus, just as the wise men did so long ago, that he would give us wisdom this Christmas to live for him and bring glory to God's name. Father in heaven, it's not easy to understand the Magi. We don't know how many there were. You didn't share that with us in Holy Scripture. We don't really know if they rode camels or not. But we know they came to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We know, Lord, that Herod certainly didn't understand the coming of the Messiah. He was unready to bow and to fall on his knees and to worship this King who had come to save. Lord, we know even the religious leaders in Jerusalem didn't even want to go out and find the Messiah and worship him. And so there were just these magi, these wise men from afar. May we be like those wise men this year. May we bring our gifts. May we fall on our knees. May we say thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to save us. And may this Christmas be special to all of us. We pray now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me in prayer. Well, I want to encourage you to continue seeking Christ this holiday season and well into the new year. I have a simple way to help you do this. When you make a year-end tax-deductible gift to the ministry, I want to send you our new 2023 calendar called All Living Things. I want you to be able to see these animals featured in this calendar. They're elephants to hummingbirds, creatures that are great, creatures that are small featured month after month, and even better, a monthly scripture to remind you of God's daily presence in your life. So I want to send you Haven's 2023 calendar, Every Living Thing, for your year-end gift. Your support will help point you and so many others to the light and love of Christ along life's path in this next year that's soon to be here. Call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN or go online haventoday.org haventoday.org and let me just one more time remind you we still have Little Pilgrim's Big Journey both parts one and two two books for your generosity illustrations I think you'll enjoy seeing it's written in an easy to read format and it's based on Bunyan's classic novels that will help a family maybe even you, think about Christ and the Christian life in the new year. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we'll celebrate the great story that's all about Jesus here at Christmas time. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's easy to get discouraged living in a fallen world. Sometimes it seems like everything's out of control. It is. 
And the powers that be are either incompetent or up to no good. Sometimes it seems like the only plan being followed is chaos. But that's not true. Remember how Luke began his account of Christ's birth? In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. God had promised that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. But for that to happen, Joseph and Mary would have to leave Nazareth. So how did the Lord accomplish this? He used an emperor and a government census. God is in control no matter how it seems in this world. Anchor Devotional is available in print monthly. Visit GetAnchor.com.